Time for our Thanksgiving episode of our Mammoth Weekly podcast series with University President Dr. Patrick Leahy. This is faculty member Matt Harmon. We catch up before the break and look at all the happenings around the Mammoth University community. It's time for episode number 43 of our Mammoth Weekly podcast. Thanks as always for listening. Thanksgiving break is upon us here as the fall semester of 2022 continues to just fly by. Only about a month remaining um, with University President Patrick Leahy and faculty member Matt Harmon. This is our Monmouth Weekly podcast as we've gone to a monthly rotation, plenty to talk about in between the month of October when we recorded and into here the month of November. President Leahy, a very good morning to you. I know it's a short week for everybody, but but kind of a special week, right? I mean, you get Thanksgiving on tap, family around. We'll talk about some of what what we have planned over the course of the next couple of days. But um, as I've been talking to my students in my classes, even though we had fall break in October, it's a time where I think everyone is kind of ready to go home and just recharge for a few days. Yeah, and you would know uh, better than I, given that you're in the classroom uh, with the students. But it sure seems like this is a really good time of the semester to take a break. Uh, before we head into the home stretch, because, you know, that that period between Thanksgiving and the winter break is really intense on most college campuses as it is here. But I love Thanksgiving. Uh, It's one of my favorite holidays. I love the fact that it's really become almost a Thanksgiving week, if you think about it. You know, people start thinking about it the weekend before. And then, you know, there's a couple days of work here in school this week. But um, the university is a pretty much closed tomorrow uh, through the rest of the week. So uh, gives everyone a chance to celebrate for the entire week. You know, I, th- I think on so many levels, we, we focus on the students getting to go home. But you just reminded me there in that short answer, it's nice for everyone, faculty, staff, administrative people. And I know, you know, you and I always kind of remark on how great the campus looks. I think in our October podcast, we had just come off of open house and how beautiful the campus looked there. Uh, look then. And I'm not saying nobody will be around in, in case of an emergency, but it's nice for everybody to get away and get a couple of days off. Yeah. You know, I was walking to uh, the office this morning and I was remarking, just as you indicated, how beautiful the campus looks right now. I mean, I get to walk up, you know, to the back of the Great Hall and then around and uh, it, it looks fantastic uh, th- this time of year as it does all times of year, but uh, I don't mind uh, it slowing down to uh, just the essential few people that need to be on on call because uh, it's comforting for me to know that our our faculty and our staff are getting the break that they need before we get into the home stretch. I was really pleased to to share with the campus that um, often we give a few hours, release people a few hours early the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And this year, we just decided to go the whole way. The university's pretty much closed uh, tomorrow to give that extra extra day with family and friends. So uh, it's, a, it's a special time. I love college campuses in part because, you know, they're built to be 
you know, places buzzing with activity. But when that activity slows down and the campus quiets, it's also a really special uh, time to be on campus as well. I think before we we dive a little deeper into how busy the campus has been and how many good things have taken place, um, to, to pause for a second here and kind of go back over some stuff, which is on the other side, some tragedy uh, on campus, Monmouth lost a freshman business student, Nicholas Scalfani, uh, which I know was just so sad for the campus community. You, you hate to see it, and we have some other things that we can talk about. But if you can just spend a, a minute or so on on how the university reacts to something like that, when in essence it is it is one of their own um, that tragically pass away. I mean, you can imagine it's the the call that I uh, most dread as a university president that we've lost one of our, our students. And in, in this case, uh, Nick, as you said, was a, was a freshman and was diagnosed, you know, actually at our health center with, uh, um, you know, a, a very rare disease. And um, we lost them just weeks later. So um, a horrible, horrible tragedy for our campus. But I will tell you that in a funny kind of way, I, I think sometimes our, our campus community is at its best in a situation like this because of uh, the way the campus community uh, comes together and supports uh, the family and the friends of Nick. We had a, a, a vigil or a ceremony of sorts uh, last week, and it was extremely well attended. The family was there, and they were uh, repeatedly told me how uh, how touched they were with the, the outpouring of support. And then we all went over to the basketball game and had a moment of silence uh, before the basketball game in honor of Nick. And that was uh, really important for the family. Um, and it really touches everybody. I happened to see a, an interview with uh, our head men's basketball coach, and uh, he was really moved by it. He never met Nick, but he was really moved by it. So those of us that work in education, uh, as you do, uh, know, uh, how, how, um, poignant these moments are on college campuses. So I send my very best to, to Nick's family and friends, uh, during this holiday season. You know, it, it, it's a reminder for me as well, when things like this happen and you just alluded to it sometimes in, in tragic situations or negative situations, the community can, um, really highlight themselves on so many different levels. And, I think since since COVID, obviously, but probably over the course of the last five or six years, you've seen this heavy increase worldwide, certainly nationwide, but um, worldwide and, and, and in this age group specifically about how important mental health is. And I know from a campus community, and it's not just Monmouth, it's probably all over the place. And, and we're going to talk about a couple other things as well, but having those services that students can turn to when they need, I think now so more than ever, and it's been glaringly obvious with COVID and now it's continued and it will probably be something even more that's important. You have to have services on campus and around people that if they need it, they can turn to. You have to have it and you have to have it available. You have to have it available right on the campus. You have to have it available at a moment's notice. I always uh, often say to, to, to folks who are critical of the escalating cost of education, I, I get it, I, I appreciate it, and we're doing 
everything we can to keep the net cost of attendance here as reasonable as possible. But one of the things that pushes those costs up uh, are the, I think, legitimate expectations of students and their families that those services will be available uh, right on the campus. And, um, you know, we do our part to try to make sure those services are available, but, you know, physical health services, if you will, as well as increasingly mental health services. And I'll tell you just a quick, quick story, uh, Matt, my dad, who's 92, God bless him and, and, and really healthy. I saw him last weekend and he was talking to me about these tough decisions he has to make about whether he can, you know, leave his home and go to, you know, a, a sort of assisted living facility. And he started talking about the services that he expects on the campus. <laughs> God forbid there's a problem or there's a health concern or, or what have you. He wants service right there on the campus. And he's willing to pay a little bit extra for that. And I just smiled and I said, that is what we do at colleges and universities today, is we try to uh, you know, mimic that living experience by making sure that as many services as possible are available uh, for the students who are living with us. And uh, uh, it's just a constant reminder that, you know, it's, it's uh, increasingly complex to, uh, to create living and learning environments today. And uh, you, you hit it on the head, one of the, one of the additional uh, investments that we need to make in order to, to provide that best possible environment. And you're reminded in, um, you know, speaking of tragedy, losing a student on campus, and then over the course of the last two weeks, you are starkly reminded of how quickly things can change on a campus from even a larger scale. You're talking about tragic events at the University of Virginia, tragic events at the University of Idaho, um, where, uh, again, you're, you're getting into, and we, we don't have to politicize it and, and talk about gun control, but um, things like that that happen, it rocks a campus community not just in the short, immediate term, but for years to come, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm following, like everybody in higher ed, the incidents at UVA and University of Idaho. Um, in, in fact, the, the, the situation at the University of Idaho has not completely resolved itself and just can't imagine the anxiety that that creates on campus. But uh Every time something like that happens, I, I pause, take stock of uh, where we are as a campus community. And then uh, my first reaction is to send a, a private message to our chief of police, Carlos Ortiz, um, thanking him for the ways in which he tries to protect our community. So um, the Monmouth University community uh, sends our thoughts and prayers, not only to the people at UVA, but uh, the folks out at the University of Idaho. You know, you, you talk about um, UVA and the ironic part was the basketball team was down there, you know, uh, two days before this happened. And um, I, I wasn't specifically on that trip. I had went to the game and broadcast at the University of Illinois when Monmouth played and it was a, a Friday, Monday. And, you know, the, the way that the schedule worked out, it could have very easily been reversed and it could have been play Illinois on Saturday and play UVA on Monday, you know, and, and I think things like that and not to overstate it from a Monmouth perspective, but you can be in a situation 
that you would never even think of. And then all of a sudden you have to react to this. And you talk about the campus police at, at Monmouth and probably all the things that go on behind the scenes that we would never know about drills and learnings and teachings and going to seminars about how to react to situations like this. And unfortunately in our country today, it's, it's become, you almost have to expect that something bad could happen rather than something good could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It does require that uh, extra training, making sure that we're hiring real professionals in these positions. Um, it wasn't lost on me either that uh, our, our men's basketball team was down in Charlottesville at UVA just that Friday night. And uh, I think this terrible incident there happened on Sunday night, if I remember. So um, you're absolutely right. You just, you just never know, uh, Matt. So you just plan, uh, plan for the worst. And then uh, hopefully you're as prepared as can be and then, um, you know, hope for the best. We'll have uh, some time in our, our December podcast to kind of go over um, a, a full review, in essence, of the fall semester. But in between October and now, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of good stuff that have been taking place. Um, I'm, I'm focusing a little bit, and I know it's it's something that is is so important from the idea of, of social justice. You speak the name Martin Luther King. We'll transition from one segment to another here. Um, and, and I think people automatically think one of the greatest speakers and civil rights activists of our time, but yet his legacy lives on and it lived on very recently on the Monmouth campus with Dr. Bernice King on campus doing a conversation and a talk, things like that. I, I you know, we, we actually talked about it in one of my classes because I had several students that were at it and, and attended it and were involved with it. And they were so taken with the idea um, that we had Dr. Dr. King, and I say Dr. King, Dr. Bernice King on campus, but things like that, just so important to the overall scope of the student perspective. Yeah, it's a great um, part of being on a university campus is that we can bring individuals like uh, Dr. King here. She is the youngest child of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And, um, you know, I, I, when I introduced her or welcomed her, I, I said that um, it was such an honor to have a child of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here, 56 years, I think it was, after um, uh, MLK was here to speak on campus. But I said more important than that is that she is a civil rights leader and educator for our time. And I'm pleased to have her here on campus. Uh, I had this really interesting experience, if you don't mind me sharing. I went, had a chance before the event to, to go backstage, if you will, and to introduce myself and to meet her. And we had a nice, really nice exchange. But there was a point, Matt, at which I looked into her eyes, you know, just visiting with her. And uh, I could see... Martin Luther King Jr. Now, no surprise, she she's a daughter of uh, th that man. Uh, so it shouldn't have surprised me, I guess, but it just hit me, you know, like all these years looking at his picture uh, throughout my life in, in various, you know, museums and, and history books and, and the like. 
and then to meet her and to see the resemblance was just really um, shook me in a really positive way. But it was a really interesting experience that I did not expect. And then she went on, of course, and 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 I had a Q and A, which was uh, really really insightful about the tensions in our society right now. So it was one of the many highlights here at Monmouth this this fall semester. You know what's interesting? I'll I'll share a story back with you. In in one of my classes, which is a broadcast class, we were working on putting together a, a newscast, and so many students had that as part of their newscast. Um, and we talked about how to arrange it. And, and there were so many in my class that started with Martin Luther King, who was on campus at Monmouth 56 years ago. And I said, now, wait a minute, let's let's highlight the fact that his daughter is on campus. And I, you know, not speaking, obviously, but if you knew anything about Martin Luther King, he wouldn't even want to be noticed in the story. He would want it about his daughter. And I'm sure for her, and, and I don't know if you got a sense of it, like, she has to carry that legacy of being his daughter, knowing that he's not around to have his voice be part of anything anymore. It's got to be in in a lot of ways an amazing and I'll use this term amazing burden for her to kind yeah. of carry, because I think so many people probably look at her and think right away, oh, Martin Luther King. Well, no, actually, she's her own person with with so many of her own views that are interesting and important. And she would have, even if she had not been, uh, you know, directly related to Martin Luther King Jr., she would have been uh, welcome on our campus because of the work that she's done throughout her life and her own right. So you're right. I, I always wondered what it would be like to carry uh, that that legacy, uh, but she does it uh, so well. I mean, much of what she talks about, I think she claims she learned from him, but then she has, of course, developed into her own her own person. That's why I say she's a, she's a civil rights uh, leader and educator for our, for our own time, not just trading on the legacy of 50 years ago. Over the course of the last couple of weeks, Monmouth has always, has always done a great job and it's something that has continued um, so well, if not even magnified under your presidency here on campus. Um, Veterans Day taking place over the course all the last couple of days and and the university has always done such a good job of making sure that they recognize the veterans of this country from um, a, a military perspective and I know you know listen we're, we're talking here late November this was mid-november so it's within kind of the idea and it's, and it's something that I know for you and for Monmouth is has such an important feel that people know how important it is. So yeah, every every November on the uh, eleven at the eleventh hour on the eleventh day of the eleventh month, we gather to celebrate Veterans Day, and to me, it's a really important uh, uh, gesture that, uh, frankly, all Americans ought to make. And I've always committed that as long as uh, I'm involved in, at colleges and universities, I'll try to do what I can to ensure that those communities celebrate Veterans Day properly. Um, maybe you've heard me say this before, Matt, but I, I never I never had the privilege of serving my country in uniform. And, you know, sometimes I look back on my life and it's one of the regrets that I have that I that I never uh, demonstrated that commitment uh, to my country. But I have learned over the years that uh, there are still ways that those of us non-veterans 
can serve. And one small way is to try to take care of those who did. And that's the, that's the motivating uh, factor around the things we try to do to support our veterans here. We're recognized year in and year out by national organizations as a military friendly institution. All three institutions at which I've spent majority of my higher ed career have all been recognized as such. So um, I will continue to commit to that. But this year was special because the state of New Jersey recognized us as well. In fact, the governor has a, an award that, um, that he calls We Value Our Veterans Academia Award. I think it's distributed to colleges and universities that demonstrate that special commitment to our veterans. And I was really pleased this year that he recognized Monmouth. So uh, we don't do it for the recognition. We do it because it's the right thing to do. But I hope that our veterans um, see that as a tangible commitment of our uh, 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 and, and honor of their service. Uh, among the accolades, I have known you to be over the course of the last several years, a very competitive person. I think that's a pretty good way to say it, whether it is in a sporting event, whether it's touting Mammoth, whether it is students doing other things. Uh, and I know one of the projects that you have become very attached to is, is the Model UN that we have on campus. And um, I, I, I hope I'm getting his name correct, Nick Yalch, a senior finance major, earning top honors as the most outstanding delegate at one of the more recent Model UN events. Put a smile on your face, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. And, um, I reached out to Nick to, to congratulate him. And, um, he was so honored that, 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 that I did, I, I figured it was the least I could do it. Our model UN team, um, traveled to the UK and competed over there. And, um, uh, Nick among some really fine institutions, um, was recognized as the most outstanding delegate and, you know, that's, that's always a source of pride uh, for me that uh, one of our students, you know, anytime our students can compete against other really fine students and win or, or compete well, that's a source of pride uh, for me. So I congratulate Nick on his, on his individual accomplishment. I think, um, I don't remember if it was September or October. I know in one of the last couple episodes we had mentioned um, – the Springsteen, uh, Springsteen archives, which are housed at Monmouth. And, you know, interestingly enough, I I'm, I'm sure that you've heard of it and maybe saw it. It was pretty interesting to hear him with, in essence, a two hour interview on Howard Stern drop Monmouth in a couple of times. Right. That was that was a fun little uh, shout out for the university. Yeah, I didn't actually I haven't heard it yet, but I've heard countless people tell me about it. And in fact, I, I look forward to uh, finding that tape somewhere. But um, yeah, I guess at one point, uh, Howard Stern said something to him about, you know, who, who's gonna, who's gonna, uh, steward your legacy or something like that. And he said that Monmouth was going to get all of his stuff. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's the idea is that we would, we would be the permanent, uh, repository of his, uh, archives and that, uh, we would be responsible then for, telling his story for generations to come. And what an honor that is um, to be able to do that. Speaking of the Springsteen Archives and Center for American Music, the executive director, uh, Bob Santelli, 
um, receiving a, a pretty esteemed award, the 2022 Deems Taylor Virgil Thompson Book Award for his latest co-authoring Woody Guthrie Songs and Art, Words and Wisdom. Again, you know, you and I are, are sports fans, and I think we, we talk about it so much, but really do try in our podcast to hit all these little different things because um, something like that, again, a feather in the cap of the university. I mean, this is the way I, you know, you, you talk about we're sports fans. I think Bob Santelli would tell you that this is the Heisman Trophy uh, of awards for individuals who cover music, right? He said, I didn't know the Deems Taylor Award. Forgive me for not knowing that. But he said the night that he, uh, they called him with this news, he told me that this was a really, really big deal. In fact, to him, this was better than getting a Grammy for, you know, for writing a song. This is like for those who cover and write about music, it's the top award. And for one of our own, not only the executive director of the Springsteen Archives and Center for American Music, but the fact that Bob Santelli is a product of Monmouth. He is a, he's an alum, alumnus of Monmouth and, you know, you know taught here for many years. Um, it's just a all around great thing for, for our institution. Yeah, if you wanted more information on on the Deems Taylor and Virgil Thompson Awards, you could go to the ASCAP Foundation, which is uh, who, in essence, gives that out at ASCAPFoundation.org. But congratulations, Bob. Uh, fantastic job of, of continuing to uh, be so involved in, in the music industry and uh, would be a book, obviously. You can put it on your Christmas list, right? Somebody can grab that one for you. Um, Do you know Bob Santelli, Matt? Know him, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a very, so you know him to be a really remarkable person. I mean, I, I, I've been saying this to people like uh, last week, I guess, the, 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 uh, the world, our earth, registered 8 billion people for the first time. Did you know that? I did not. Uh, November 15th, they, they uh, estimate that we, we reached 8 billion people. And I always say you could travel uh, the world and interview 8 billion people, and you would not find a better person than Bob Santelli to run our Bruce Springsteen Archives and Center for American Music. And uh, uh, I mean that. I mean, there is no better person worldwide to be running this and advancing this. And, you know, I, I hope in the coming episodes, I'll have more to share with you about how we're developing the Springsteen Archives into um, a real destination uh, place. Um, not only here in Long Branch, but at, at Monmouth. Let's finish. Um, we'll, we'll go back over athletics in just a minute since we're in that bridge between fall and, and spring. But I will allow you an opportunity to promote a highlight event coming up in early December, thinking that we might not have a podcast before it. The Gala at the Great Hall, which is the uh, kind of annual holiday uh, festivities that take place at Monmouth. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm very excited about it. It's um, there are two major fundraising events we do a year now. We used, we do a lot, a lot, a lot more, but we really have tried to consolidate them that into two major events: the the athletics golf outing that we do in June. I think we've talked about that in a previous episode, where we gather all of our friends and and supporters of Monmouth Athletics together. In, in years past, we would raise twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars. This past year, we raised two hundred. Um, 
and we're on our way to a pathway to, we think, three or 400 at that event. And then the gala at the Great Hall is the other tandem fundraising event that we do in December uh, every year. We used to do it as a, a sit-down dinner, but we've changed the, the model a little bit this year so that we can accommodate more people. Because if this is, if this is our marquee event of the year, I want as many donors, board members, business partners of the universities, friends of the university to gather to celebrate Monmouth as possible, as many as possible, and to try to raise um, significantly more money than we used to in the past. So this first year, this, this is going to be a million dollar event. It's probably going to get close to a half a million in the first year, uh, but it's going to be a million dollar event. And you know, I, I always want to take the opportunity to, to, to say, you know, why, why is $200,000 for athletics and four or $500,000 for scholarships uh, so significant for a university that's going to raise $15 million in philanthropic support this year? Well, the reason it's significant is because of the way in which that money is directed to very specific needs. You know, the, the money for the athletics director excellence fund to help uh, support our student athletes from that event. And then this money that we raised from the gala at the great hall to go to an access fund, which we use to, to sort of create last dollar scholarships for students who are, despite the aid that we give them, despite the federal aid that they tap and the state aid that they tap, there's still often a little bit of a gap that might be the difference between them coming to, to Monmouth or not. And now we want to build a pool of funds that can be used to, to plug those holes and to make a first class private education as accessible as possible. So um, really, really excited about how uh, this is taking shape and to showcase the great hall during the holidays is, uh, you know, the perfect time to have such an event. December 3rd, it is scheduled. For more information, you can email at gala.monmouth.edu uh, or just go on the university website as well. 630, uh, it will start. All right, let's get into that bridge between fall and winter. Um, successful first year so far in the CAA. You have regular season champs in women's soccer and field hockey. Um, so, so good years, obviously in the fall men's soccer, just on the outside of the playoff picture, football finished up their year, um, on Saturday as well. And listen, I I'll say this, I was driving through the athletic, um, parking lot the other day and there was a big giant, almost roadblock with boats on it because we've got a rowing team now that's, that's up and going. And it was kind of, uh, interesting to see they take up a lot of parking spots, which is valuable real estate on campus, but, but, but pretty, pretty cool. So what you're saying is they better deliver, right? They if they're taking, all those taking, spots. taking parking spots, you, you better make sure that, uh, there's success and, and no doubt I'm sure that they will in time. Well, I mean, not only in time, but right now, I mean, I, I saw that uh, this fall, you know, we went and I, I, I know this a little bit because I, as you, you may recall, I rode for a couple of years at college. So um, I've competed in the head of the Schuylkill. And so we go to Philadelphia. We put basically our first boats in the water and we walk away with two bronze medals, two third place finishes, you know, in races that have. 20, 25 crews, 
in our first year, Matt, I mean, we just we just put them in the water, which is evidence of uh, the great work that Scott Belford is doing, uh, building a program from scratch and uh, really, really excited about that program. As you pointed out, really excited about our first fall in the CAA. I mean, we did we didn't advance in the playoffs the way we had hoped, but to win the regular season in women's soccer and in field hockey and had strong uh, seasons in men's soccer and football. I don't think there's any question that we belong in the CAA. Now, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll be bringing home some of those conference championships that eluded us this year, but there's no doubt that we belong in the CAA. Yeah. Been, been really fun to see Monmouth play, uh, uh, you know, more regional type schools around the area. And I think it's only going to be, um, good things to come through the winter and into the spring and, and for years to come. Um, Thanksgiving a couple of days away. What, what's going on at the, the Leahy House? What are the what are the traditions? Let's let's wrap with some fun as we look forward to, as you said, one of your one of your favorite holidays. One of my favorites. Um, I just am so pleased I have the entire family uh, together. Um, you know, we, we don't we don't really have a lot of traditions, save for um we know that uh, I hope throughout our lives, we will always find ourselves together on, on, on Thanksgiving Day so that we might pause and just uh, be grateful for all the blessings in, in our life. And um, we'll do that again this week. And uh, so uh, really, really uh, pleased about, uh, you know, the, the Thanksgiving holiday and a few days that we'll have to decompress a little bit and uh, just spend the time uh, with the kids. I'm hopeful that we'll, uh, we'll get to the uh, basketball game on Friday afternoon. Um, I think, you know, my, my boys are away at school, so, uh, it's not the same for me to go to those basketball games with, without them. So it'll be great to have, um, them around for the game on Friday. So, uh, that's about it, uh, on, on our, on our end. How about on your, your end? Uh, we'll be traveling this year. Traditionally we, we host, um, my, my sister and my brother-in-law are coming down. They live up in Rhode Island, so we're going to meet at my mom's, which will be nice up in North Jersey, do something a little bit different. Is it, is it, is it traditional turkey at the, at the Leahy house? Yeah, we do the whole, the whole traditional thing. I think our favorite, the only thing that might be a bit of a departure is our very favorite is um, this sort of, uh, let's call it sort of sweet potato casserole that, that uh, Amy makes, and uh, that's that's the uh, the crowd favorite. <laughs> Marshmallows on top. I mean, it's basically a dessert that you serve with the main course. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a um, easy way to say I'm eating vegetables. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel good about yourself uh, while you're enjoying it. So, right. uh, well, I mean, some sometime in between, let's say Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You might hear a knock on the door. I'll, I'll swing by. I'll pick up some leftovers. Got it. Got it. We may, there's always plenty. So. Well, I, I wish you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you coming on on a short week and, and giving um, a, a really good update about what's going on on campus and look forward to doing our December episode where we can kind of look back on the entire semester um, and, and put a close on it and enjoy this one. I, I know you, you've said a couple of times how special it is for you to have all the kids back home. So en enjoy it. Thank you. And you too. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And 
I'm just really grateful for our collaboration here. On behalf of University President Patrick Leahy and faculty member Matt Harmon, we wish all of our listeners in the entire Monmouth University community a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you in December with what will be episode number 44. This is episode 43, coming to a close. You've been listening to our Monmouth Weekly podcast series. (laughs) 